Alrighty, welcome everybody to the Finding Meaning podcast. I'm so excited that everyone is here. Um, thank you so much to Jonathan for joining me. Jonathan works as a solutions consultant for an agency called Aptitude 8, and I know Jonathan through a professional development program called Praxis. So we're really excited to dive into what Jonathan does and then also just who he is as a person and some um, stuff around that. Um, so after a little tiny snafu where I forgot where the record button was, unfortunately, <laughs> we're off to, off to a good start this Sunday. Um, I'm also so excited to be joined by Sarah as my co-host. Yay! <laughs> so thrilled to be here, Sophie. I am in your craft. Um, I'm so I'm so overjoyed to be joined with Jonathan for my first podcast as well. Um, this is going to be great. I'm so excited to be here with you guys. Yeah, yeah. I'm so excited to have you here with us, Sarah. Um, and this is the first episode that we're co-hosting, but not the first podcast episode we've ever done together. I actually was a guest on a writing and reflection podcast that Sophie did maybe a couple months back. And I could have, I was completely over the moon being interviewed and, you know, getting to spotlight my work and kind of what my goals were um and now I'm happy to be here you know Sophie and I really wanted to not only speak about our stories but also just really highlight people in the community doing amazing work both professionally and also you know people following their heart and people pursuing their passions independently of work so you know we're all about it we're happy to be here and with the listener and with Jonathan and Sophie it's such a good mix (laughs) Yeah, totally. Um, so we're really excited um, that this is hopefully the first episode of many to come uh, as co-hosts. Yay! And um, I'm so grateful that you are willing to join me as a co-host, Sarah. You're always such a welcoming, positive, and uplifting person. And um, I'm just really excited to be doing this together. Yeah, I'm so excited to be doing this together, Sophie. Thank you so much. So let's get right into it. Um, As I mentioned before, Jonathan, who's joining us today, is a RevOps consultant for a company called Aptitude 8. He lives in San Marcos, Texas, which is near Austin. Um, And today we'll be chatting about what Jonathan does as a RevOps consultant and even what RevOps is and just a bit about that. Um, And we'll also chat about what his journey has been like getting into RevOps and some of his upcoming goals. Um, I'm really excited to speak with Jonathan today. He is an incredibly hardworking, smart, and driven person. So, hi, Jonathan. Thank you so much for coming on. To start out, could you explain what RevOps is? Yeah, yeah, I can. And wow, uh, appreciate the high praise. Uh, RevOps is, I think the easiest way to say it is it's, it's kind of this idea of how can we align the different departments inside of a company, you know, from marketing to service, sales to success, uh, and the internal operations teams in a way that we can, we can make the company scale most efficiently and, you know, grow, essentially. So there's a lot of, a lot of different, like, definitions and meetings to it, but that kind of covers the gist. Um, and it's something, like, we think about at eight, and a lot of people kind of in the space I'd say most often think about is how can we bring alignment between all of the various teams and departments to make things as smooth and as good for the customer experience. So are there any ways that like someone who doesn't work in tech or doesn't work in uh, anything to do with RevOps might have like 
interacted with something related to RevOps? It's kind of all all over the place, really, when, when you think about it. Um, like technically speaking, RevOps is, you know, it's part of every business. It's something that every business does. It's just a different way of thinking about how businesses are, are running. When it comes to like specifically what I do and things like that, I mean, if you've gotten an email in, in your inbox with some marketing information, you've, chances are like you've, you've probably seen something that I or someone similar to me has set up and done. And so then backing up a little bit, I know that you got into RevOps by going through uh, Praxis, which is a professional development program and is how we know each other. Um, so what made you decide to do Praxis? Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Um, Praxis, Praxis for me, so before Praxis, I think is a better place to start. I, I had a job, I was working at um, Whole Foods, wonderful place to shop, um, not my favorite place to have worked. And I'd worked there for a number of years. At the time I was an assistant manager and I just, I, I quite honestly needed a change of pace for my life. Um, I knew I didn't want to work in that industry. I did not want to continue progressing and climbing up that ladder. It was not, you know, a life I desired for myself. Um, and it definitely doesn't give me all of the tools and things that I, I need to accomplish the goals I have for later in my life. And in doing so, I ended up stumbling upon um, a podcast episode by one of my, my favorite YouTubers, Matt Diavella, where he interviewed uh, a man named TK Coleman, who was heavily involved with Praxis in, in creating the boot camp and everything that it is. And that's kind of how I stumbled upon on, on Praxis. What really drove me to, to joining it was after having some conversations with the, the folks who run Praxis, I was like, I think this is a good opportunity for me to make a significant change in my life. Um, look, kind of learn what things I, I can do, what other options there are, and maybe open up some doors and give me some more opportunity. So that's kind of what led me to joining Praxis and, and got me in there. Yeah, that's awesome. I definitely had like a similar uh, somewhat similar journey where I just saw it as like a great opportunity to kind of um, expand like what I knew was out there and also just get a sense of like maybe what else was out there that I would enjoy, what else was out there that I wouldn't enjoy. Um, so that's really awesome that you decided to do it. And I'm glad you decided to do it because uh, otherwise we wouldn't know each other. Yeah, me um, too. So from um, doing Praxis, what made you decide to get into RevOps specifically? Yeah. Well, first off, I didn't know where I always existed going through, uh, going through Praxis. I, uh, I've always had a bit of an interest in like businesses, how they run, how they operate. Um, it's just something I, I always thought was neat. It was definitely my favorite part about running a department. Um, when I previously worked in Whole Foods, like that was always my, my favorite thing to be doing. Right. Um, cool thing about Praxis is they have a lot of really neat, interesting guests and they record all of those calls. And I had found, a bunch of conversations from some earlier folks who actually worked at Aptitude 8, the company I work at now, about this field and about more things like that. And that kind of spurred me digging into like, what is this rabbit hole? How do I get a, a more operations heavy job, you know, where I can like work directly with companies and build out like entire business processes and, and make companies like in their back end work and function better. So you mentioned a little bit how um, some of your work at Whole Foods like influenced your interest in business, but were there any other experiences in your life that made you interested in business? I mean, I've always been interested in that, like from a younger age, if you will. You know, like my, my core interests are, have always been like business 
engineering and sciences and things things of that nature. Uh, the idea of running a business is something that like has appealed to me since I was like eight, you know, if you will, like as far back as I can remember. I just never quite had an opportunity to like like better and like jump into that, if you will. You know, I, I worked as a, I've worked a bunch of like small jobs, like mom and pop's places and things like that. And I was always trying to like learn more from them, understand like how is your business running? Why is it running this way? Um, all of that stuff. So, and maybe that's just my natural curiosity when it comes to like, how do things work? That causes me to kind of gravitate more towards that. I love hearing about your natural curiosity. And that kind of makes me also wonder um, what the favorite part of your job is right now. Oh, yeah. My favorite part of my job, that's a hard one to answer. There's, there's two things. I can't really pick between these. Um, one, and the more like me part of it is I absolutely love how much I get to learn and how quickly I get to learn, even though that might sound like a kind of cliche answer. But I, I get the opportunity because of my job to work with so many like different professionals across different industries in different spaces and different verticals. Um, you know, I get to, to meet with like sales leaders and marketing leaders and people from, you know, startup to like enterprise grade, great companies and learn like, how is your business running? What are the things we can, can do to better improve that? And when you're having these conversations with, with people like this, you kind of just learn more, which is great. And the other thing is I genuinely love like helping businesses grow improving them, making the lives of their employees better. And that's probably one of my absolute favorite things about the shop is knowing that sometimes some of the things that we do and we implement, we might think, it, you know, like for technical side, like for what it takes me to do on a weekend, it's not a huge lift, but what it enables their team to do, how much like time and energy you save for them and how much it enables them to get so much more work done. It's a pretty rewarding thing. I love that. I love like both the hard and the soft components of that, like the people skills and whatnot as well. Um, and that kind of feeds into my next question. Um, what are some of the challenges in your job and how do you work to overcome them? Yeah, that's a fun one. I spent a lot of time thinking about that. I think the hardest part of my job is the, the people part. Um, and not talking to them. I don't think talking to people is hard necessarily, but a very important thing, whether you're a Honestly, anywhere in life, I think this is important, is learning how to have, you know, honest conversations and set expectations well. And in my job and what I do, that is, that is paramount. That is one of the most important things you can do. And not doing it can easily lead to a lot of unhappy, more difficult conversations. Um, so those are probably, you know, the, it's probably the biggest thing. Thank you. Wow. Yeah, I feel like that's so wise for any aspect of life and you know obviously in the workplace it's so important you're spending so much time with these people and you want to have all these end goals that you know you're all working towards yeah of course very good yeah and you know at the end of the day like like it's a business you know so you do have to to set those expectations and make sure everybody knows everyone's in alignment they know what they're getting so it's definitely a hard thing but thank you yeah um, and you were mentioning, Jonathan, or what do you do to, like, mitigate the challenges of, like, setting expectations for people? Yeah. Well, this is just, just me personally. Um, I kind of have, like, a checklist for different parts of when I have to have conversations with clients of, like, what I need to cover, things like that. Um, the most helpful thing, I think, is just being prepared, right? Knowing what you need to talk about. Like, we're really big on, like, setting our agendas, setting agendas early, 
documenting every like all of the conversations, making sure you know like like they understand what what we're saying, we understand what they're saying appropriately. So so you know there's that element. The other other element of it is, I think there's a level of humility that anyone can take when they're trying to improve in something, and that's just like just being a person about it. You know, sometimes I have to hop on a call with a client and be like, hey, uh, this you know, didn't work out or like clearly we're misaligned here. And maybe it was me, maybe it was you, whatever. What can we do to like solve that problem and work through this? You know, and just being yeah. able to acknowledge that and and move forward and work on. And it's one of those things like it's a soft skill that, that once you acknowledge that it's something you should work on and you continually put effort into it, you just get way better with practice as time goes on. Yeah, that's huge. And like, um, something that just takes, I feel like things like humility are like, it's also figuring out how to apply them to different situations and like how to, um, I don't know, like, I guess keep that up as like a value as you're going about your life, um, is huge. And also when you're talking about like being prepared, that's also so important. And it's like, sometimes just having the intention and making sure you're really, or like, making sure you're being intentional and in how you're going about things and making sure, you know, when you're getting on a meeting, um, you've always got an agenda prepared so that people know like what the purpose of each thing you're discussing is and kind of how, what the next steps are, what they're responsible for. Um, that's like so huge and it can be hard to keep track of like all of that, especially like when you're working with more and more people, I'm sure. Um, but it's also really important and just, I don't know. It kind of goes in some ways. I feel like it could go hand in hand with humility because it's kind of like being respectful of people's time and energy. Oh, absolutely. I mean, time is the one resource like you can't get more, more back is how I like to think about it. So anything you can do to, to make it better and easier for both parties. Right. And when you work, when you, when you work in a customer facing role, you know, whether this is like you're a barista at a local coffee shop or a freelancer or you have a job like mine or even if you work in sales right like being conscious of, of that person's time and doing everything you can to create value just enhances the experience that that customer has with you you know and yeah, they, they'll, totally. they'll see that and some will appreciate it some won't but it really helps build that relationship and that's what keeps customers coming back and builds good relationships for like future work yeah absolutely um, so, uh, another question we have for you is we wanted to know, are there any projects that have been your favorite to work on or maybe like particular types of projects you enjoy doing? Yeah. Um, I got to think about this one for a little bit. I might regret saying this, saying this out loud. Uh, there was one, one project I worked on last year. It was simultaneously my favorite and one of my least favorite things to have ever done. Um, we, without getting too technical, someone else on my team built an integration between HubSpot, a CRM, and a tool uh, called NetSuite, which is an ERP. Um, it's, it's just a piece of very complex accounting software. And they connected these two applications using an app called, uh, I don't remember what the app is called off the top of my head, actually. Uh, it's like a no-code um, app that you can build like automations and things into. And you essentially use... Um, webhooks and some, some native, you know, integration magic is what we'll call it. Um, and then you build out like an automation. And what it essentially did was 
when a deal got moved to a certain stage inside of HubSpot for the sales team, and the quote was already sent out, it took all of this information from HubSpot and recreated this in their financing platform to generate like an invoice. I had to go in and, and debug it, kind of figure out what was going wrong and some issues and add some enhancements. And it was painful, uh, to say for lack of a better term. I think it took me like a whole week. I spent a, a crazy amount of time just figuring it out. But it was also super, super interesting and insightful to see like how this was set up. What are the different ways like we can go about solving this? Um, and I've never worked with, you know, I've never worked with a tool like NetSuite or anything quite as complex uh, or set up in such a way. So I think it was definitely like an interesting experience. So other than that, I mean, my favorite projects in general are just, I love getting to start with a new client and kind of looking at like what they current have, taking inventory of, of how everything is running. And then like when we get to that redesign phase, uh, that's probably my favorite thing to do is solution and build new processes and, and have those conversations. Um, that's so wonderful. And, you know, I really like how you started out talking about it, saying it's been both your favorite and kind of least favorite. I think it kind of highlights that, um, you know, sometimes our favorite work can be the most challenging in a way. And I feel like you do a really good job talking about that. Um, one question we had was, uh, what are some of your goals over the course of the next year, next five years? And this can be in work and personal, um, career, what have you. Yeah. Well, my, my primary goal, you know, for the next year is in the, the more immediate, I'm just trying, like, how do I like improve in my own role? How do I get better at, um, some of the things that I, I may not be as well versed in, uh, which a lot of that is like, I don't have a tech background pre, pre this job. You know, I worked at Whole Foods and then I jumped just right into it. Um, so learning and understanding a lot more of, you know, the different subject matter, um, areas. And a lot of the like why behind like why sales teams make these decisions, do these things, why marketers want to structure their strategies and implement things that way. And while I don't necessarily work directly like on that stuff, it heavily informs how we build and design things as it relates to technology. So improving that in, in a professional way is like my most immediate goal. Um, other than that, you know, I moved out here earlier this year to just start building a foundation for my life. I'm only 24. I'm very much trying to like get things set up so that the next five, six, 10, 15 years of my life, whatever have you, uh, will be a bit smoother and I'll have a good foundation to go. So that's kind of the, the one year plan. I love that. And welcome, welcome to Austin too. Thank you. I love it down here. It is a wonderful place. It is great. Minus the scorching heat, but you know, the other choice is Florida and we all know what Florida's like. <laughs> I mean, I like Florida, even though I'm from Austin, I'm just a little bit scared of the alligators, the gators. <laughs> oh, you're, you just avoid murky water. I'm from Florida. It's, that's a fair, honestly, of all the things you should be afraid of, it probably is the alligators or the people, <laughs> but we won't get into that. <laughs> uh. Well, you seem very friendly and you're from Florida, so. <laughs> uh, for five years. I try not to plan too far in advance because you, you have no idea, you know, like my life could be drastically different over the course of a year. That's already happened several times to me in my life where I'm like, oh, I'll be here. And then life is like uno reverse and things are just completely different. But my main goals for the next five year 
long term, one of the things I would like to do is is work with some great folks to create a nonprofit um, that really just helps educate communities uh, like that. Really, what I consider basic, like adult skills, you know, financing and budgeting, how to build, um, like, how do you go out and get a job? How do you build the skills necessary to get a job? How do you educate yourself? Blah, blah. A lot of those things, a lot of things that I feel, at least I growing up, did not have access to. That's the big primary goal, other than uh, maybe have kids. I love that. I know um, Sophie and I have both talked about what generosity means and what it means to have a platform through this podcast to, you know, uplift not only our guests, though also, you know, our values and people who may not have as much of a voice. And so, you know, I really think about that when I hear your own values of maybe wanting to start a nonprofit and really, um, you know, helping people who were once in your situation of maybe not knowing how to balance a check or looking for jobs and um, kind of just looking to help themselves in life in constructive ways and um, having resources that can help them do that. I think that's amazing. And I think that's also like one of those things, like I'm agnostic, though I just feel like it's good for the soul. You know, it's good for, you know, our own spirituality, just just to feel connected to other people and um, give back. Oh, I agree with that. I mean, definitely a valuable thing to, to do what you can to give the community help out. So not only that, like to your point, it may sound a little self-serving, but it definitely feels great. Definitely makes you feel like your life has a lot more meaning and an impact. Love it. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, that's amazing, Jonathan. Um, and so inspiring to think about because not only is it giving back to the community, but I think it's would be giving back in a way that's really necessary and kind of filling a gap that a lot of people struggle with. Um, and I feel like that makes it even so much more impactful to be like, oh, this is a real problem that people have. And it can kind of then, once you're more able to um, develop some of those skills you were mentioning, that can then, you know, help that person reach more of their potential. And then who knows what positive effect that can have. So that kind of thing is like so, so exciting to me and really, um, really cool. And I wanted to ask, um, maybe anything that like made you lead up to thinking about that idea. I know you mentioned like maybe those are some things that you didn't really feel like maybe things that you ha felt like you had to figure out on your own or felt like you could have had more preparation to figuring out. I mean, without getting too deep into, uh, you know, my background, I didn't have the, we'll just say easiest uh, childhood, right? Like things were tight. Um, a lot of, of uncertainty and a lot of not great things going on and towards the the later half when i was a bit older you know 16 17 18 i had no idea quite quite literally like what to do with life um i had very much given up on on my education with school um school served no interest to me and i very much felt like a lot of the things that were being taught like didn't add value to, to anything in my life you know um, not to say school is useless but there were a lot of things that I think would have been valuable to, to have known. Um, and kind of because of some of my decisions, because of what happened, all of that, you know, when I turned 18 and my dad was like, get a job or get out, I went out and I, I got a job. I had zero clue how to go about anything. I didn't know how, like, I should really be applying for a job, how I should go about, like, working at a job. I had zero of, like, the people and interaction skills you know, to do this. And then, you know, if you fast forward over the next two, three, four years, 
you know, I wasn't the most happiest at a lot of the roles I worked at and a lot of the, like the jobs that I had. But for me at the time, it was like, I don't have a choice, right? It very much felt like I don't know where my life is going, what I can do. And, you know, I want to like really highlight like, that, that point. It was just that I didn't know, right? When I found Praxis, the big thing Praxis taught me was it, while it is, you know, a great program, a, a lot of it is very self-driven. And they very much made me aware of, oh, if I just knew that, like, you could go out and, and build these connections, build this network, have these conversations with people, right, and learn these things, especially with the internet. The internet is such a magical thing um, that, like, you can, you can better and improve your own life. But I had no idea. And, I, I mean, if I had no idea, I'm sure there's plenty of other people who have no idea either. So... For me, the big, like, missing thing is, like, people just, like, you don't know what you don't know. Uh, and I was very much, like, I feel like there's a gap there. Like, what can we do to, to help inform other people, um, help bring up, you know, other people and things like that? Very much in my family, they were very much like, well, if you don't graduate high school, like, you have no future. You're just going to work at a grocery store or something for the rest of your life. Um, you know, and if you do graduate high school, well, then, like, you need to go to college, right, and do whatever in college. And follow this very, like, traditional route and with how much technology has shaped the last decade and continues to shape you know the next 20 30 40 years because it's only going to improve i feel like a lot of the infrastructure and systems that are built up to help educate and inform people at a young age as they become adults is just lagged behind you know so that's what kind of like inspired me gave me that really strong idea is like what, what can i do to help other people um kind of get the information that they don't know how to get or don't even know they're missing. And I feel like even, yeah. And I feel like even the trajectory of your life, um, just being able to share your story with other people. Um, I think that's huge, you know, through platforms like this or, you know, your own nonprofit, um, because other people seeing what's possible through your story and saying, Hey, like I can identify with where Jonathan started and, I'm inspired by his journey. I'm inspired by where he's going. Um, I think that really speaks volumes because sometimes I feel like having a role model can just be so important to us um, in knowing where we want to go and knowing what's possible. Um, and sometimes it's not even so much about like the day-to-day -day skills as it is about like finding our path and having someone that believes in us. Oh, 100%. I mean... I think having strong mentors and or people in your life, you know, that you can very much kind of help give you an idea, especially when you're younger, to help sh give you more of an idea of like, what is the kind of person I want to be? What are the kind of things I want to be doing? What do I want to know? Like when it comes to technical skills, anybody can learn that. Uh, honestly, I think that is the easiest part of my job. It's the easiest part of my life. It's, it's if you want to know how to do something, there's a billion tutorials on YouTube now about it, right? If you can get internet access and a phone, you can go learn how to code. You can go learn how Google Sheets works, or you can even learn about like how to do my job at like a basic level enough to get you started. But having somebody, you know, to help give you this information or to show you like what is possible, I think is is one of those things that at least I know I very much lacked. So just having something someone like that to your point um, is inspiring. Kind of gives you some hope, makes you feel like you can go out there and and actually conquer the world. I'm so excited for you, even just like, so, I mean, obviously your story is so inspiring. And then when you're talking about giving back, I mean, 
you know, obviously the nonprofit is like a great next step, though at the same time, I just feel like you're giving back to me right now. You're just, you know, really making me feel that there's all these people out there who really need to hear about, you know, what you've been able to achieve from where you've come from. And, you know, I know that there's so many people excited to hear your story and connect and, um, you know, it's always great to have a mentor and it's always great to know those that there's life skills and just also that having a little bit of faith can move you in the right direction that change is possible. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and I also think that like when we're talking about having a mentor or someone who you can look toward and kind of have that hope, um, that's something that like, I feel like that kind of goes in with like community and like fostering those like connections and just um, like that's, you know, so much of what makes life meaningful is like bringing people together. And that's also something that Sarah and I want to do with this podcast, um, just kind of uh, like build community and like find out more about like people's stories and stuff. Um, and so, yeah, I just felt like that kind of goes in with like one of the themes we've been interested in, just figuring out like. Yeah, you can figure out the, like you're saying, you can figure out the technical stuff, um, but without seeing a vision for like what your life can be like, or without, um, I think seeing a vision for what your life could be like through like what someone else's life is like, I think that gives you like the actual drive to want to get there um, and to be like, oh, I am going to use the tools at my disposal um, to like take a hold of whatever I have um, now and like turn it into where I want to go. And um, so I don't know, that's really cool. And yeah. And even Sophie's whole, you know, finding meaning podcast before when I was a guest and then now when I'm a co-host, you know, I always think about man's search for meaning by Dr. Victor Frankel and, you know, someone who like endured, you know, having to go through the Holocaust though, you know, kept things in mind, like, wanting to lecture or meeting up with his wife again and, you know, having that resiliency to push through. Um, and I think we all have our own battles um, of different levels and different magnitudes, and we all need to find resilience for those things. Um, and again, like find meaning. Um, and so just being able to like process that and talk about your journey. I mean, I'm sure you're proud of yourself and like, you know how much you've helped yourself, but like even just taking a moment in this podcast to really reflect on it and really thinking about how much um, agency you took to change your life, I think is really powerful. Um, and I think that's definitely something that we want to uplift. Like we want to uplift people who um, really know that they can change their own lives through their own beliefs and through their own hard work. So kind of somewhat going al along those lines, um, sort of as you've gotten into RevOps and you've been working there, working at UpToDate for a while, um, has anything like surprised you about what your journey has been like compared to maybe what you imagined it would be like while you were going through Praxis or like when you first started working in RevOps? Um, like what's been uh, like maybe like a bit different in, in how it's actually gone than maybe like how you would have thought it would go or how you thought it would be like yeah you know i don't know if i'm unnecessarily surprised i don't know it's that's a hard question for me to answer I, I try to take everything just as it comes in if that makes sense 
Um, I think the most surprising thing to me, and maybe this is just because I'm a bit, I'm a bit conservative in what I think I'm capable of, which is a different, that's a different conversation. But in some ways, like I'm surprised with how much I've, I've learned over these like last two years working at A8. Um, one of the reasons why I very much was, was very excited, uh, to join all of the folks over there is because I was like this, like for all of the things that I want to learn and, and get better at, this is like the perfect boot camp, if you will. Like, this is just great runway for my career. Um, but I think even being aware of, like, having the opportunity to work in an agency, have a bunch of different clients, see all these different businesses, I think even then I kind of underestimated how how dense it would be, if that makes sense, you know? Like, it's definitely a hard job. It's very difficult. Um, and at times very taxing, like, mentally. But just, like, the sheer amount of information and, and things you, like, learn and improve on. I think that's probably one of the most surprising things. Um, with Praxis, the most surprising thing for me actually was the number of people that I meet, that I met, and I still talk to. You know, there's probably over a dozen at this point, a dozen, two dozen people that I know pretty well that are pretty good friends in my life at this point, and it's only been two years. Um, and then there's, you know, probably another three, four, five dozen that like I know decently well. And anytime like I have a question or something like that, I can go hit up. And that is such a a helpful and powerful thing, especially when you don't know stuff. You know, you can always go reach out to them and be like, hey, does anyone know anything about this? Having a community is so powerful. Yeah, yeah I was about to say, it's always fun. Um, like, we have a, Jonathan and I are, like, in a group chat with a handful of other people from Praxis, and it's always fun whenever, like, someone sends something in or, like, um, I don't know, if you have a question, like, we'll, like, sometimes, like, get on a call and like help each other out or just like be moral support if someone's going through like a stressful situation and like I'm so grateful for that because it just makes it so much more fun and especially like I mean that's um like I don't know like not it's so like kind of goes back to what we were talking about before of like having people who like inspire you um and just make you think oh wow like um this person's like figuring it out and I can kind of like figure it out alongside them. And it's really awesome that you've like learned and just like absorbed so much uh, while working at Aptitude 8. And um, even just like from the outside, it's like, I don't know, it's like clear that you like are learning so much about the different aspects of it and like seeing how like the people side connects with the um, side of like, or like how like setting expectations might like coincide with like the technical side and like figuring out how those things go together and that like kind of stuff is so huge and just like so valuable um so that's i don't know it's just really really exciting and inspiring to me to hear about um i have another question um what daily habit have you found helpful yeah um other than making coffee, because that is very much a daily thing. <laughs> less of a, you know, is I think this is less of a, of a habit and more of a mindset. I try to make a habit of it, though, if you will. Um, a, wh a while ago, I think this was 2019, um, I got a tattoo on my arm that says the words always forward. It's really simple. Um, but kind of since I turned you know, like 18 over the next couple of months. That's when I very much started like 
the journey, if you will, of, of how I wanted to reinvent myself. And what I try to do on, on really a daily basis, anytime something difficult or uneasy comes up, is just remind myself to, to keep going forward, to keep moving. It may seem really simple and may seem really silly, but it's one of those things where I find the more I do it, the more I remind myself of that, the more it's, it's very much the kind of person I continue to become. And what that mentality has done for me is, is quite literally life-changing. I mean, it has moved mountains for me in both my personal and my professional life. That's amazing. I love that always forward, you know, and that's really cool that um, when you talk about reinventing yourself, I feel like people always have the right to reinvent themselves. Every single day we wake up, we have that right. And it's so cool when we can develop a habit of saying, hey, like, you know, this really speaks to me in a deep way. And I want to keep on every day that I wake up, like I can change things about myself, I can change things about my life, but I'm going to have this kind of resiliency component of, you know, always moving forward and trying my best. Yeah. One of my favorite things to, uh, to tell myself and my people is like 1% every day. That's it. Oh, the That's atomic habits thing. I love 1% it. 1% every day. I mean, there's 365 days in a year. And if you can do that every day, you're already 300 times better than where you were when the year started. Yay. That's beautiful. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, well, that pretty much wraps it up um, as far as the questions that we had. Uh, Jonathan, thank you so much for joining us and sharing about your story and kind of what you're, what has led you to where you are now, where you're interested in going, and just kind of um, more information about like what it's like um, working in RevOps. Awesome. Uh, and Sarah, it has been so wonderful to have you here as a co-host. Um, and that's pretty much it. See you next time, everybody. Thank you for having us, Sophie. Thank you, Jonathan. Bye.